This is Melinda Carmichael, and this is my new podcast, Calloused Hands Pray the Hardest, where scripture meets my life in agriculture. So buckle up, buttercup. We're going to tell some stories. Hey guys, I hope you're doing good on this cold, wintry day. Um, It finally snowed and stuck a good bit. There's about an inch, inch and a half of snow outside here in western Pennsylvania. And this is going to be quick, and if I'm talking really fast, I'm really sorry because I'm excited. My best friend from high school is back in town. He uh, relocated down to Florida, um, down around, you know, Orlando. And I don't get to see him very often, obviously, because I'm stuck in Pennsylvania. So, um, I'm excited. I'm going to meet his new boyfriend today, which I'm excited about. And, um... We're going to go to Ogilby later tonight, and if you guys don't know what Ogilby is, it's in Wheeling. It's Ogilby Park. Um, they do a winter festival of lights. Um, they have thousands and thousands and thousands of lights set up in different, um, I guess, displays is the right word. Um, some of them are animated, like they have Cinderella's Castle, where they have the pumpkin carriage and stuff, and the horse's legs move. And they have, you know, the 12 Days of Christmas animated and stuff like that. And it's just something neat to go to. We don't go every year, but um, if we have somebody new that's never been there and it snows, that's the best time to go because the lights look super bright because of all the white light. Um, Also, I'm going to, this ad's going to be, you know, this segment's going to be a little bit different because I'm sorry, guys, but I had to, I got some sponsorship, so I have to do some ads now so I can make some money off of this. Um, so I'm so sorry about the ads, but they're going to be quick. They have to only be 30 seconds, so yay! Um, and then, um, also want to give a shout out to where this episode kind of blossomed from. It's the Ross Farm. Uh, they're a century farm here in western Pennsylvania. They specialize in heritage and rare breed sheep slash livestock, because they now have pigs. Um... You know, they they have Shetlands and long wools and stuff like that. And they have a little mom and pop shop on Main Street here in Washington. And, you know, I stop there every so often. I knit. I don't knit well. Um, My, you know, the best thing I can do is washcloths because, you know, those keep my attention long enough. Um, But that I stopped in there and we started talking about, you know, quote unquote, the the war on wool. And what's going on in the agricultural world. And so this kind of blossomed into the the lack of knowledge about agriculture. So we're going to work with um, Proverbs 27, 34 through 35. Um, I just want you guys to think about this and hold on to it while I talk about the lack of knowledge here. So Proverbs 27, verses 34 through 35 Be sure you know the conditions of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. For riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. So you're a podcast listener. That's awesome. Did you know that you can enjoy an even better listening experience with the new Pocket Casts app? With powerful search and discovery tools, they've made it even easier than before to find your next favorite podcast. Cough, cough, callous hands prayed the hardest. It's even recognized by Wired Magazine as the podcast app every iPhone user needs. Cough, cough, Android's better. Cough, cough. Pocket Cast is beautifully designed, easy to use, and offers amazing features like play without subscribing and advanced episode search. Pocket Cast helps you quickly discover and enjoy your favorite podcast with more than half a million shows to choose 
choose from. Cough, cough. Callous hands praise the hardest is on Pocket Cast. Cough, cough. Change can be hard, but sometimes it's worth it. Download Pocket Cast today from Apple App Store or Google Play Store or on the web at pocketcast.com. You'll be glad you did. Cough, cough. Search Callous hands pray the hardest. So like I said, this this episode bloomed from visiting the, the wool shop. And one of the things we were talking about is... Um, I'm sure if you guys have Facebook or Instagram, you've probably seen it. Um, I'm going to call it the War on Wool. And it was the Lucky brand. And they have a tag that says they don't use wool. That they use polyester. Okay. So, let's, let's, let's start here. Because we, we, I don't want to go on a tangent. But that is the dumbest advertising you can possibly do. There's several problems with it. First problem is... Shrek the sheep is what they're using their logo. That's the sheep that disappeared in New Zealand for six years and didn't get sheared. And when they found him, he couldn't walk, he couldn't see, he couldn't urinate or defecate properly, and he was in bad shape because he had escaped capture that long and was not sheared annually like he should have. So he was actually in bad condition from not being sheared. Now, that's what they're using to broadcast that they don't use the ultimate renewable resource of wool, which, if you're into the green thing, that's fiber that comes from a living, breathing animal that not only eats grass and plants that cattle don't like, so we use them with the cattle kind of like a cleanup crew, instead of having to use... A tractor and a brush hog, which runs on, you know, fossil fuels. It grows the wool while it's eating. While it's eating, it's digesting food and passing fertilizer back into the ground. And it doesn't hurt them to shear them. Okay, I hate sheep. I said it, I'm sorry, I hate them. They are... You know, my second least favorite animal in, in the, like, livestock checklist here. Guineas are below them, and guineas is a whole other story. But let me tell you about why I hate sheep. So, um, while I was at Ohio State, I was uh, specializing in beef. But at that point, it was ruminant production management. So, you didn't really have an option. You had to help with the sheep. But I was offered bonus points if I helped with the sheep um, during weaning to trim the land... The, you know, not the lamb's feet, um, to trim the ewes' feet and to worm them while we were separating out the lambs, which is fine. That's cool. I thought that was going to be easy. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Um, I didn't realize that, first off, lambs were that big because I never dealt with sheep. The only sheep I ever saw were the ones at the fairgrounds. And those are just market sheep, so pff, they weren't that big. I, w- I was so wrong. So what, what we do is, you know, um, we separate out one of the... The use we put it on a scale because we weigh them before we give them the wormer, so we know we gave them appropriate amount of worming medication to keep them healthy. And what they did was they put her on the scale, and then they'd open up the doors, and somebody would catch her, flip her on her butt. Um, two people would hurry up and trim their feet. Another person would put the worming medicine down her throat, and off she'd go. Fast, easy, stress-free. We don't want to stress the animals. Okay, let, let me say this a thousand more times. We don't want to stress the animals. 
Because if an animal is stressed, it's not going to prosper. If it doesn't prosper, there's no profit. All right. Now, some of you, I just blew the blue jeans off your backside saying that. Farmers do not want to stress out their animals. Okay. But anyway, back to the sheep. So I thought, you know, I can do this. So they opened up that gate. I stuck out my arm like I was going to catch that sheep and she ran my ass over. And when I say she ran my ass over, I had hoof print bruises on my chest. So sheep are not my favorite. But, you know, the lack of knowledge about this and, and the fact that the internet has literally divided about this blows my mind. Because that sheep, Shrek the sheep, had 60 extra pounds of wool on his body when they sheared him. It was a televised event because everybody couldn't get over how fluffy he'd gotten. And so think about that. That's like wearing 20 large suits. Like that's what they equated it to. So 60 pounds is about 20 pounds of like a wool suit, like a, like a men's dress suit. So think about that. Would you be able to function properly if you had 20 extra suits on? No, nobody is. That's miserable. Okay. Nobody wants to be like that. And it's not profitable to have wool sheep. It's not. Like the Ross Farm, they're, they're on a whole separate tier because they do heritage stuff and they do specialty stuff and they go to wool shows and that's what they, they specialize in. They specialize in wool. Okay? The rest of the sheep farmers in the nation are there for meat. So it's not profitable for them to have to shear their sheep. It costs between 8 and $12 Per head of sheep, because it depends on how many sheep you have, how much it, it costs to shear them. There's normally like 10 pounds of wool on a sheep. Now these these are guesstimates from um, Ohio State agriculture stuff, so please don't hold me to it. I don't know anything about sheep. I'm a beef farmer, okay? So wool right now is between a dollar something and like you know, eight something. Now, now the eight something would be like Angora stuff. So we're going to probably most of the, the market sheep, like your Suffix and stuff, your, your meat sheep are probably going to give you a dollar to $2 a pound for, for wool. So let's think about that. You're only going to make $10 on the wool. It costs you $12 to have the sheep sheared. Now I'm not an accounting major, but that sucks. So no, we're not going to do it. And you PETA thumpers that are probably going to listen to this. If we injure the animal, that stupid propaganda picture that's floating around with that guy holding up that fake dead sheep that's got cuts all over it that looks like a zombie attacked it. Okay, first off, if we injure it, that creates scar tissue. Scar tissue doesn't grow wool back. And it doesn't do very good for the meat cut. Okay, think about that. If the wool's not there and the meat's not there, is it profitable to us? No. So we're not going to hurt the sheep. Come on. You know, it's the same thing. Dairy cattle farmers all beat their cows. No. You guys found out that somebody was beating cows. You took some videos and you keep showing it over and over again from different angles and flipping things. So it looks like all of us do it. We don't. Let me share you a little bit of scientific knowledge about dairy cows, because that's something I do know about, because I don't know nothing about sheep, really. 
if you beat on a cow or stress a cow out, that releases the stress hormone cortisol. Cortisol inhibits the release of oxytocin. Oxytocin facilitates the release of the milk, or we call it letdown. So if the cow is stressed, she ain't going to milk no good. If she don't milk, there's no money. Do y'all get that? If the cow is stressed, she doesn't milk. If she doesn't milk, there's nothing to sell. Okay? This is this is where we're getting at. The, the, the knowledge base is gone, and it's scary. Okay? So... Let me help you with a little bit of a, a uh, ammunition for the people that say that wool is cruel. And then I'm going to do an ad and then I'm going to talk to you about, um, we're going to loop back to Proverbs, okay? So, I think it's Duluth says no stinky wool. Wool has no smell, is moisture wicking, and is a naturally re renewable resource, okay? Polyfill is made out of coal and petroleum. That's all you need. Anybody that says wool is cruel, well, you you know, you're going to go ahead go ahead and keep your plastic stuff that's made out of fossil fuels that, that are ruining the environment. Okay? So, not only does it does the polyfill require petroleum, it requires a byproduct of coal. So, there's both fossil fuels that are needed to produce polyfill. Okay? That's all you have to say. And that'll shut down all the, you know, the green people. All the wooly bullies. Those mean people that are bullies about us using wool. Okay? I've I've seen people shear sheep. Very rarely is there ever a nick or a cut on them. They're very good at what they do. They're professionals at what they do. So they do it fast, efficiently, and safely. Okay? So I'm sorry, guys, but I'm going to do another ad, and then we're going to come back to, to knowledge, okay? So as much as this is scripted, this is actually pretty real. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had so many questions. How do I record an episode? Where do I find background music? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all all those other ones? You know, you know, how do you find advertisers? How do you do all of this? Well, it was really simple. So um, I Google searched because that's what I do. And the first one that came up was Anchor. And Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing, and monetizing your product. And best of all, it's free. Literally, guys, I do this. It's free. There's, I don't pay them for anything. Um, they find me sponsors, which, you know, they're one of my sponsors. So, ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Anchor. So, you know, all I have to do is record this little, little blurby deal. And, ta-da, I get some monies. So, if you've ever wanted to start your own podcast, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. And join me and the diverse community of all the other podcasters already using Anchor. So again, that's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear yours. Remember to share mine. Thanks much. Okay, so let's go back to Proverbs now that I, I'm done with my woolly bullies. And, you know, be sure to know the conditions of your flocks. Okay, so know your stuff. Okay, know what you have, know how to use it. Riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. So let's think about that. So something really scary to me is walking into an elementary class. Like, oh, second graders, like my stepdaughter's in. 
and asking them where their food comes from. And most of them are going to tell you it comes from the grocery store. And that's super scary because they don't know where their food comes from. And if they don't know where their food comes from, they're not going to know how to do it. And if that generation doesn't know how to do it, who's going to do it? Okay. A crown isn't for all generations. It's not going to be there forever. Okay. And while I applore FFA and 4-H for doing things a little off kilter from agriculture, like I think 4-H now does coding and robotics. That's cool. That's awesome. Thanks for getting Jimmy out of the house and off his PlayStation. But, you know, if these kids don't know what ag is, we're screwed. Temple Grandin says it all the time. It needs brought back into school. I think that those kids, you know, if they have the ability to have FFA, they need to have more, more crossover with the high school kids. Like, if the high school kids are you know, hatching their next batch of peeps. Don't let the high school kids do it. Let the little kids do it. Let the high schoolers grow them and then invite the kids back over when the chickens are full size. We've got to nurture that because if not, we're screwed. You know, a long time ago, I used to work for Tractor Supply. And um, one of the scariest things you can tell a cashier is, hey, for the next month, I want you to ask every single customer for a dollar donation for the FFA or 4-H. That scared the crap out of me because people get rude about it. So we always invited the 4-H's, the FFA's to come and help us sell it because it's a little easier for them. People aren't going to tell them no. Okay. And it does go back to the scholarship funds. So I had um, some of the FFA kids come and, you know, I originally went to Ohio State for ag education. It's originally what I wanted to do. Life choices screwed that all up. But, you know, so... I, I, I'm a teacher. I'm a, I'm, I'm a lecturer by knowledge. Okay. I have a lot of knowledge. I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Okay. So I stopped the kids. I was just curious. I said, okay guys, so with FFA and everything, what's your biggest challenge in agriculture? And they all looked at each other. I'm like, no, seriously, like, like what's your biggest challenge? And they all looked at each other and one of the boys spoke up and said, well, you know, um, PETA and the, and the other guys agreed and they said, you know, yeah, like, like vegetarians and stuff. And I went, no, he said, your biggest challenge is ignorance. Okay. People don't remember where they came from. Okay. You're, they're not always going to be able to go to a grocery store and get their food. And I can tell you right now, half my friends, if shit would hit the fan, they're not going to survive because they don't know how to. Okay. So, you know, riches don't endure forever. Okay. We're not always going to be able to go to Walmart and Target and get all our crap. You know, it's going to happen. It might not be right now. It might be in 20 years. But if we don't have agriculture, we're screwed. Nobody seems to get that. So that's the scary part about life right now is there's more propaganda out there. Look like, like let's talk about the wool. It's scary that people think polyester is a better resource than wool because they don't know how it goes from the sheep in the field 
to a sweater on their back. They don't get it. Okay? It's just like the kids don't understand. You know, if you look, look at your kids' books. If you've got little kids or cousins or something, look at the farmer books. It's some hillbilly covered in mud and overalls chewing on a piece of grass. That's not really what they're going to aspire to be, now is it? It's not. I'm, I don't want to be that freaking hillbilly. For for heck's sake, you know, that was our our mascot before we got the new one when we became the cadets at Trinity. We were the hillbillies. The hillbilly hillers. Our mascot was a blonde dude with a piece of hay sticking out of his buck-ass teeth in overalls with no shirt no shoes on. Yeah, that's something I aspire to be. That's really what I want to be. Uh-huh. So we've got to change the game. Us in agriculture, we have to change the game. I know I'm beating a dead horse on this. But we've got to be out there on social media. I mean, and, and my generation is doing the best. You know, Peterson Farm Brothers, they're making music videos about stuff on the farm. And that's awesome. Thank you, guys. I met them once. They're great. If you get a chance to go and listen to them talk, they've all gone to school for agribusiness and stuff. And they have great ideas. Thank you, guys. You know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to start working with Drew here in Washington County about trying to promote agriculture. The last time we were at a... Well, I didn't get to make it this year. Last year at the... Um, you know, the winter banquet for Farm Bureau, there was seven of us there that were under 35. And they were so tickled because that was the most that had ever been at one of their banquets. That's sad. That's sad. That means out of like all the people that are in agriculture in Washington County, there were seven of us that give a shit enough to come to Farm Bureau. Okay. We've got to change the perspective. It's part of of our cultivation. Okay. Going into going into these classrooms and, and telling kids, like I work with the um preschool down the road. They come to the farm, they get to see the cows, they get to see the horses, see the chickens, the turkeys, and all of it. And they get to see what fun it is. Because I let them collect the eggs and I let them pick up the chickens and we let them, you know, we pull a calf out and let them pet them. They're gonna remember that. They're also gonna remember that I wasn't a freaking hillbilly covered in mud. Okay, you know, it's farming's cool now. We've got GPS and Wi-Fi and tractors. Come on. So that's that's my last little thing is, you know, we've we've got to try and cultivate for the next generation. Okay, so yeah, woolly bullies. I talked about the wool, the petroleum. Oh, and here's another one. Scooter said this while we were at the wool shop, and that'll blow some green greens, you know, you know, minds. It'll it'll blow their linen pants clean off their backsides. You know, you want to be cool, you want to be eco friendly. So I'm gonna buy a kayak and go out on the lake. Just so you know, your kayak's made out of plastic, so you're now a giant floating piece of trash in the lake. Sorry, not sorry. Anyways, I'll catch you guys next next week. Um, just remember, the kindest thing you can do for me is share this. Um, I'm really trying to get this off the ground. I'm really trying to get my message out there. And um, just remember, I'm always here. If you you know want to talk about something, have questions about something, just need somebody to talk to, I'm here. I'm available. DM me. Um, 
Find us on Facebook. It's Calistans Pray the Hardest. Or on Instagram, we're at BNB Farms 87, which is B A N D B F A R M S 87. Um, you can get a hold of us that way. Um, and remember, please share, please share, please share, please share. Sorry about the ad. See you guys next week. Okay, so here's an Easter egg for you guys who actually listened to the whole podcast. So earlier I said I hate guineas and I can't voice into words how much I hate them. And it's not because they're loud or they're dirty or they're yard birds or if you try and pick up their peeps, they're really mean and they will rip the crap out of you. Um, It's because my perfect quarter horse Comet, my bomb-proof red mare, who has been ridden up the highway, has gone through the McDonald's drive-thru, you know, all this crazy crap we've done with this horse, she is terrified of guineas. I have no idea what happened to her prior to me purchasing her as a three-year-old, but she's terrified, absolutely bloody terrified of guineas. So I don't know if she was attacked as a foal. I don't know. I don't know what happened to her, but you know, they say, oh, the emergency stop for a horse is if you drop your one rein, you grab your rein and you pull that horse until its nose touches your knee while you're riding. Yeah, she can still run in a straight line if she hears a guinea. So you just hold on and pray to God that she stops and you don't get hit by a car. So that's why I hate guineas. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.